Welcome to the MedSoup Podcast, where we talk about trending healthcare topics. I'm your host, Laura Schumacher. Let's dig in. Today, we're talking with Dr. Benny Chong of Paragon Colorectal Care. Paragon Colorectal Care is a division of Paragon Surgical in Concord, North Carolina. Dr. Chong completed his fellowship training in colon and rectal surgery at the Orlando Health Colon and Rectal Clinic in Orlando, Florida. He has a special interest in treating rectal cancer and anal rectal disorders. Dr. Chong is board certified and is experienced in both traditional and robotic surgical techniques. Over the past 50 years, Paragon Surgical Specialist has earned a reputation of excellence by combining technical proficiency, advanced surgical techniques, and compassionate care. Each day, they strive to set the standard for general, thoracic, laparoscopic, vascular, and cancer surgery in the region. So hi, Dr. Chong. Thanks for joining us today. Hello. Um, So today, we're going to talk about minimally invasive surgical techniques in colon and rectal surgery. Okay. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about some of the uh, the options you have for colon and rectal surgery. So in terms of minimally invasive surgery, um, there are two approaches that I can do. One is laparoscopy and the other one is robotic surgery. Um, it really, with the robotic type of approach, the visualization is much better. There are tissue planes that you can see much better with the magnification. And also with the robot, you can get down into the pelvis and do pelvic surgery much safer. So how do you determine what type of surgery is best for the patient? Does that depend on where you need to go in the abdomen or the lower GI tract? Uh, Yes, for the most part that is. Um, With the robot, again, with the pelvic surgery, it's uh, much better utilized because, again, we can see the pelvic planes and you can actually go into a much narrower space like the pelvis. Um, and also because it has wristed movements and instead of a laparoscopic approach where the instruments are straight, um, it's a much better tool um, to dissect within such a narrow space. And then also in terms of a robotic approach um, for colon surgery, it allows me to do more of the stuff inside the body as opposed to making incisions and doing part of the surgery outside of the body. And that has, you know, from a patient standpoint, um, benefits in cosmesis and as well, quicker return to bowel function. Can you talk a little bit about what that is like? So uh, a patient goes to the OR just like they would traditionally. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think some people have, um, they don't have a concept of what happens when they get in there. You know, what is, who's actually operating the machine and things like that? What it, can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, so in terms of the robotic surgery, um, so the operating surgeon, so myself, is still the one in charge of everything. So we're at the bedside and we put in all, all the instruments that are required. And then we actually have full control of the robot. Um, it's, we're still in the room operating and we actually direct the instruments that the robot has with our hands. And we also have a physician's assistant at the bedside to help us in terms of retracting um, or suctioning or whatever is needed um, right at the patient's bedside. So about how long does that take normally? I know there are different surgeries, so it may some may be more complex than others, but is this a faster type of surgery? 
Um, in terms of the time between laparoscopic and robotic, for myself at least, it's very similar. Um, perhaps a little bit faster with a laparoscopic approach. And again, the reason for that is because partly with a laparoscopic approach, um, a portion of the procedure is then outside of the body. So again, you don't have that added benefit of cosmesis or a quick return to bowel function. So in terms of open surgery, is that really even done anymore? Is there any case where you need to do a traditional open surgery? So there will always be a role for open surgery. Um, and partly, you know, if, you, if someone has a very large and bulky tumor where the incision to remove that bulky tumor is the size of an open incision anyways, and there's really not much added benefit to doing a minimally invasive approach. And then also, a lot of times it's safer when it's open, such as in patients who've had multiple belly surgeries and there's a lot of scar tissue involved, you can't safely do a minimally invasive approach. So in terms of um, aftercare, so they've had a surgery, either robotic or laparoscopic, um, I know you said that their return to bowel function is quicker, but what about just normal lifestyle? In terms of normal lifestyle, there's not really much different between laparoscopic and robotic um, long-term wise. What are some of the common conditions that you are addressing with, with this type of surgery? Um, I do a lot of surgeries for diverticulitis and for colon cancer and rectal cancer in general. So in, in reference to colon cancer, I mean, obviously that's a very common cancer in the United States. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the recent statistics? Um, there are more than one million current survivors of colorectal cancer. And what's important for the public to know is that this is preventable cancer. If you undergo a screening colonoscopy early and we can catch polyps early, then you can actually prevent progression into colon cancer. So the uh, American Cancer Society said that when caught early, there's a 90% chance of a five-year survival rate. But is explain that. Is that someone that you know maybe had polyps or it was farther along? Because it, I mean, I've even known of some people lived much longer than five years. Yeah, so actually the five-year survival rate of 90%, um, that comes from data from stage one colon cancer. And that's quoted at, if, you know, overall outcome from a stage one colon cancer, 90% survival in five years. So obviously if someone is caught even earlier than that, then their percentage would be even greater. So is colon cancer surgery a large part of your practice? You're seeing a lot of that? It definitely is. And actually, it's more getting more and more common in a younger generation. So we're pushing for screening colonoscopies in younger patients as well. Why do you think that's happening with younger patients? There's a lot of different studies out there, so there's nothing conclusive. But one of the things that I'm seeing in some of the readings that I've done is with a more sedentary lifestyle in the younger patients nowadays and also, you know, decreased bowel movements secondary to that, it increases mucosal contact time between the stool and the bacteria in the stool and the colon. So that may have some role in, you know, developing of colorectal cancer. 
So if you are recommending an earlier screening, um, you know, when they're younger, I know typically they say you're first screening at 50, but what are you, what are you recommending in some particular patients who may have a higher risk factor? So definitely in patients with high risk factors, such as family history of colon cancers and colon polyps, their screening age is much younger than that. It's actually 10 years younger than the earliest age of diagnosis in family members. However, if you are my patient coming into my clinic with complaints of you know, hemorrhoidal bleeding, my first recommendation to you would be a screening colonoscopy because my thought is unless someone can go and say for 100% certainty that there is no cancers or polyps causing bleeding, then I have to play devil's advocate. Wow. It's kind of scary to think about that. So you're saying that, I mean, in the younger population, one of the things that they can do is be more active? Yeah, definitely. Don't brush off bleeding um, noted in the stool and don't just automatically think it's from hemorrhoids. I just want to caution the general public that, you know, blood in the stool is not something to be taken lightly unless you've had recent investigation. So um, what other things can everyone do to help reduce their chances of getting colon cancer? Uh, Definitely increase physical activity. That's shown to help. Uh, Modifying your diet to, you know, decrease the amount of red meats that you eat, um, low in fats, and also uh, definitely cut back on tobacco use because nicotine is shown to increase polyp production. And also, again, polyps eventually will turn into cancer. Um, Decrease alcohol use. And also, if you have a strong family history of any sort of colon and rectal problem, then get investigated earlier rather than later. So definitely talk to your physician about your risk factors. Talk about when you should be screened for um, colon cancer. And then if they are screened and there is evidence of some sort of polyp or something, those are removed at that time? Yeah, undergo, when you undergo a colonoscopy, if there are any sort of abnormalities such as polyps or masses, those are usually either biopsied or removed at the time of colonoscopy. Very good. That's good information. Well, thank you so much for all of that. You're welcome.